podcast that teaches you how to have a higher quality sex life, where I share cutting-edge research in neuroscience and psychology, relatable stories, and practical mindfulness-based skills so that you can maximize your pleasure potential and unlock more awareness and energy in every area of your life. I am Master Life Coach and Mindfulness Expert, Danielle Savory, and I am thrilled to be on this journey with you. Hello, hello, hello. How is everyone doing? I'm doing good on this fine morning. It is not bright and early. It is very, very dark. You know, this quarantine, (laughs) I swear, impacts you in the strangest ways. One of those ways being having to wake up very, very early to record your podcast. And I was doing those exercises to warm your voice up. You know, I don't know if you ever took drama or speech class, but I did. And we always had to be like, la, 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 la. And like the lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. And it just gave me some really fun flashbacks of freshman year drama because there was some older senior boys in my class and I was definitely crushing something hard. <laughs> Looking up, crushing, oh my goodness, some um, interesting, fun times, also just very dramatic times. Oh my goodness. Anyway, we are here today to talk about sex standards. So let's dive into that. And you know, sex standards, it's so fascinating, even if we don't call it this, it's something that becomes a very hot topic amongst my groups and my clients because It's these invisible expectations that we develop over time in our heads about what sex should look like, about what we should look like as a sexually turned on being. And really, these standards are standing in the way of us being able to have incredible sex. And even when you hear me, whether you just listen to the podcast or perhaps you follow me on social media or on my email list, when I'm using references like mind-blowing sex and incredible sex and amazing sex, usually an immediate image pops up in your head about what that actually looks like. Even though I'm not providing you with images, because after all, I'm not a pornographic site, but you still have this idea of what I mean when I'm saying mind-blowing sex. And the curious thing about this is that most of us, we have an image that looks very similar to one another. Why? Is there a right way to have sex? Should it look a particular way? Absolutely not. The reason that we do is because we have been fed through the media, through uh, what we've heard and what we've learned and what we've been socialized in for thousands and thousands of hours about what incredible sex looks like, what it should look like, how we are supposed to be as a sexual creature and a sexual being in our relationships. And usually it looks something a little like this. It can be hot. It can be heavy. There could be lots of moaning. There's kissing everywhere. And it can be really passionate and fast, like clothes, like being ripped off quickly. Or it's a little bit more slowed down and a little bit sensuous. And it's a little bit more moody and dark and lingering kisses and fingertips all over the body. 
And for heterosexual couples, it usually ends in the same way, which is penis in vagina and coming to an orgasm at the same time. So (laughs) it makes sense that when I'm starting off with a new client or I'm starting with a new group and we're talking about what their goals are for our work together, usually there is some iteration of this. Is that even how you say that word? Iteration, not iteration, iteration (laughs) for what like this sex looks like an idea of even what their goals and their desires are based on what they've learned based on these standards, these sexual standards. But what I have found is that most women include having this orgasm. It's like this hierarchy of sexual pleasure and sexual orgasm and sexual interaction. And they want to have an orgasm with their partner. They want to have this type of sex. And this is one of their standards. And this ideal, this way that we're thinking about sex and looking at sex is actually one of the main things that I see getting in the way of my clients actually being able to have mind-blowing sex, to be able to have the orgasms they're dreaming of and wanting. And they think that having sex this certain way, that it should either be like slow and sensuous or like this burning hot romance and clothes just can't hit the ground fast enough. And they believe that they should be able to become aroused really quickly, that they should be able to orgasm really quickly, that they're usually taking too long, whether it's taking too long to become aroused, taking too long to get to orgasm, that they're not desiring sex enough. They're not like this just dripping wet, you know, woman that's just wanting it all of the time, right? And even like, that orgasm should look and feel and sound a certain way, that their moaning should sound a certain way, that they should orgasm again with their partner, that their partner should be able to be very proficient in making them orgasm, that their clothes should be all the way off. And if they're not off, they should probably be wearing sexy clothes. The list could go on and on and on, but really start to think about like, what are these images that come to mind when you think when I say mind-blowing sex or incredible sex or connective sex or passionate sex, what's coming up for you? Because these are the standards you're likely holding yourself against. This is likely what you're measuring your successful sex to be. That's a tricky word to say, successful sex. But (laughs) really, at the end of all of this, what you're likely thinking and what most of my clients are thinking is that their sex doesn't look like how it's supposed to look and that there's something they're missing or something they're doing wrong or something their partner's doing wrong. But really, it's the expectancy around this standard that's creating the problem in the first place. It's the way that you're viewing what you think your sex should look like. And what it does look like is literally creating a massive block to your pleasure. So when you start thinking that you're doing it all wrong and the sex you're having is all wrong, then you're literally 
telling your brain to go on a hunt to prove this to be true, (laughs) okay? You're telling it, you're directing it to seeing all of the ways that you're not actually having good, incredible sex. This is just called the confirmation bias. It's what the brain does. And really what it means here is that the brain believes something, right? Like it believes, let's say the standard. And then if it truly believes this is the way that sex looks, then it's going to work at finding evidence to support a belief because it's easier for the brain. It's more efficient for the brain to find all of the evidence to support a belief it already has. And if that belief is all around these standards, it's way easier to just find evidence to support this belief rather than creating a new belief. This is what we see all of the time in politics. You know, we see that a lot right now as people have very strong opinions and very strong beliefs about their candidate, about certain causes. And even if they're given factual information that can be proven, their brain will still not want to believe it. They still won't even open their brain up to believing other things because it's just takes a lot of energy to believe new stuff. And so the confirmation bias is going to go out and look for all of the evidence to support their opinion and to support their belief so that they can keep believing the thing that they're believing. But back to sex, we're not here to talk about politics today. (laughs) But back to sex, when you're seeing the sex that you're having up against this standard, and this is what it's supposed to look like, then you develop your own belief that the sex you're having isn't good enough. Let's say that it's taking too long and you have this belief now like, oh, that's not what it looks like. That's not what I think other women are doing. I'm probably taking a really long time. Now you have this belief that you take a really long time and your brain is literally going to find evidence to support you taking too long. And guess what's happening? (laughs) You are rejecting the sex you and your partner are having. You're actually getting in the way and getting in your head, looking for all this evidence to support the belief that you have, that you take too long to become aroused, that you take too long to orgasm. And now you're actually creating the result of taking too long because you're not connected to your body and you're not actually experiencing the pleasure that could be there in the sex you're having. So while you're having sex, your brain is habitually looking for all of the ways to prove that your sex just isn't that good, that you aren't as sexy and capable of enjoying it. And that, my friends, is going to always take you further and further away from actually being able to enjoy it. Now, that doesn't mean that you never want to look at sex and see where you might want to improve. That's not what I'm saying at all. But doing this in a non-judgmental way, like how I help my clients evaluate sex, is so much different than coming from this judgy place of like, my sex is wrong because it doesn't look like what I think it's supposed to, right? When you're comparing yourself to this sex standard, and now you've developed this belief that you're doing it all wrong, that is a comparison comparison place and it's a judgy place 
And that's not coming from a place of just love and connection with yourself. That's coming from a critical judgmental place. And it's never going to work because the body feels that rejection. The body feels you rejecting the sex that you're having. And that's not what creates pleasurable results. Because pleasure requires curiosity. Pleasure requires a calm and relaxed body. And when you have this deep belief that your sex and how you're experiencing it is different than how it should be, and ultimately what you're saying, it's less than, you're literally repelling pleasure away from you. Think about the concept that I've talked about a lot on this podcast. Like we are working really hard at creating a container of pleasure, right? So when you're thinking that the sex, the sex you're having is less than and not good to you, do you think that creates a container for pleasure in your body? Do you think that's inviting pleasure in or repelling it away? Of course, it's repelling it away, right? Because it's a rejection. It continues to be this rejection of your body, of your experience, of your partner, of your own capabilities. So to illustrate this better, I really want to explain one of my client's stories. So one of my clients who was in my last group was worrying about the sex she was having. And she felt like she was just taking a really long time to orgasm if she orgasmed at all. And she was also concerned because she felt like she was really just not enjoying penetrative sex, like penis and vagina just wasn't doing it for her. And she felt like she was supposed to really like this. And as I was coaching her, what we started to pay attention to was that What was showing up during the course was all these thoughts about the timing and how long she was taking, and then it would take her out of the moment, and she was just continuously worrying that she was taking too long because in her head, she had this idea of how long it was supposed to take. But every single time then her and her partner would have sex, and she would be fine, and she would be enjoying it, and then it was like, this idea of like at a particular time, it was like, ding, okay, I should be getting there closer. What's going on? What's, you know, what's wrong with me? I better hurry up. I better orgasm. He might be getting bored. All of these thoughts about her timing would just flood into her brain and it would take her out of the experience of having sex. And she was no longer connected with the pleasure she was experiencing. She was no longer connected to her body. She was no longer connected to her partner. And it did, in fact, end up taking a really long time if she was ever able to actually even just come back and get out of her head and back into her body. And it makes sense, right? If you're worried about how long you're taking, even if it was t- feeling like really good at the onset, then all of a sudden now you're putting pressure on yourself and your body to perform, to get to that orgasm in your confined amount of time that you have decided is the right amount of time to orgasm. And this pressure is literally the opposite of creating space for good sex to feel good and for pleasure, right? 
And this client, she was also having these things about the penis and vagina, this penis and vagina standard that we have been fed because we have been shown what sexual pleasure looks like through the male point of view. She had this idea that penis and vagina, she should like it. She should be able to orgasm from it. And she just wasn't. And she wasn't really liking it at all. And in fact, she said, she's like, I'm not really even feeling that much sensation. And she had so much judgment about herself. What's wrong with me? Why don't I like this? Will we ever be able to have passionate sex if I don't like penis and vagina? Like really what's going on? And I think that we've all had some of these thoughts, right? Most women have. But the difference is, the difference between a woman who begins to have incredible sex and becomes orgasmic and the woman that doesn't is that woman who stops comparing herself and looking at her own sex as being good enough, right? She's working from this place of non-judgment. Oh, this is just where I'm at. I'm not really liking this right now. It's no biggie. And then you can show up and keep learning rather than what my client was doing here, which was having this standard of constantly comparing herself and her sex from a judgmental place and from her standards. And that was taking her away from the actual experience that she was having. It was actually taking her away from the ability to connect with her body and get that delicious, incredible sex she was dreaming of. This is also exactly what I describe when I'm talking about when we have orgasm as the goal. When we think that is the goal, then your brain becomes worried and obsessed about what is going on. And that just takes you away from the exact experience that has the ability to lead you to orgasm in the first place. When your mind is just confined right? To a particular time or a particular sexual standard of what it looks like, then the way that you're experiencing pleasure doesn't get to be there. You close out your actual experience of being able to connect deeply with your body and feel the pleasure that is there. The goal is always pleasure, And you have to ask yourself, am I creating the container of pleasure and desire? Am I creating connection with my body, with myself, with my partner? And when you're putting pressure on yourself to look a certain way, to make your sex look a certain way, what you're not doing is creating connection. You're not paying attention to the sensations that are there. You're not focusing on being on your own side with compassion and encouraging yourself along the way. You're not connecting with your partner. (laughs) What you are doing is you're dictating what you are experiencing and you're judging it every step of the way. And that's going to take you completely out of the experience of all of those delicious, sensual, sexual, pleasurable sensations that are going on. It becomes the opposite of pleasure. It becomes pressure cooker, (laughs) which is not sexy. (laughs) And by the way, the client that I did mention before was able to have amazing sex with her partner 
She was able to have orgasm with penis and vagina, but the way that it started was just coaching her through really allowing her to enjoy the current experience she was having. It was helping her see her mind around these sex standards that she was constantly comparing herself and judging herself to and just releasing those standards. She learned how to slow down. She learned how to be more there for her actual experience, to be really incredibly present for the sex that she was having. And this slowdown, then she was able to follow pleasure. She created that container of pleasure because that container was no longer confined to these boundaries of what it should and shouldn't look like. So pleasure was able to enter. And when pleasure did enter, she could follow it. She could stay with it. Now, the thing is, is even though my client was able to have orgasm with penis and vagina and feel all of the fun sensations in her vagina that she had never felt before, that's not what we're aiming for. <laughs> okay. Again, I'm not saying that is the goal here or that's what you, you know, should want to experience or that you should be able to experience. This was just her experience. But what was the point of explaining this whole process to you is that it's really incredible when she started letting go of the standards, when she started coaching herself on opening her mind, that she was able to experience this level of mind-blowing sex that she had never had before. And that's possible for you too. You can realize that you can actually create the pleasure you're wanting It is actually possible, but not because you're so attached to the way it looks. It's the opposite. It's because you're unattached to the way it looks, because you're there for the actual experience you're having without this agenda. You can actually follow the pleasure. You can be present for the journey of connecting with your body, of connecting with sensations, of connecting with your partner. Now, When we want, you know, sex to look a particular way, it might be based on these standards. And it's okay to desire to have particular outcomes and particular goals. What I would encourage you, though, to do is to ask yourself, why? Why do you want that? Why do you want that particular experience? And the way that, you know, my client experienced this is, yes, she was unattached to the outcome. That was the crucial piece here was unattaching and not comparing herself to how it should look, right? But we can also have our desires. That's kind of what desires are, right? They're wanting a certain experience. They're wanting something Uh, that we don't have, right? It's this eagerness. It's this wanting. So we can want particular experiences when it comes to our sex life. But the key here, and this is a fine line, is it's this dance between that desire, that wanting, without attaching to making it happen. 
the way that I like to think about it is it's like an open-handed allowance, like, oh, like I'm here to receive this experience, but I'm not like white knuckling and hard gripping all the way and making sure I get it. Because when it comes to the body, it's very different than other goals you may have outside of your sex life. You know, if you're an entrepreneur, and I know I work with a ton of entrepreneurs and a lot of high achieving women, most of them are listening to this podcast. It's likely you. And so you do have goals in your life. You do want to go after your goals. And having that tenacity to go after your goals can serve you in a lot of areas. But when it comes to the body, You can't lie to yourself and tell your body, oh, I'm not actually hustling towards an orgasm. You can't actually, you know, kid yourself or pretend that you're not like kind of gripping your way to a goal because it won't happen. If you have like a money goal in your business and you're like, oh, I want to go after it without being attached to getting to that particular income goal, right? You still might be able to reach the goal. You still might be able to go after it and, you know, hustle and grind and chase after it and really, really make it happen. Right. But when it comes to sex and your desire for something you want to experience in the sexual round realm, excuse me, it doesn't work that way. And the reason that it doesn't work that way is because when you're hustling after a sexual desire, a particular result, you create tension in your body. Like think about chasing an orgasm. Think about giving yourself a time crunch. When you think I have to hurry up and have an orgasm, what happens? You're thinking, number one. Number two, that pressure now has created tension in your body. And tension is not the way that you're going to have an orgasm. And if you do have an orgasm, it's not going to be one of the multi-orgasmic ones that you're dreaming about because you've just released a bit of tension. You just use your orgasm to release tension rather than learning how to hold, you know, this open handed space around this standard or around this goal and really just letting your body go there. We can't make things happen because we're gripping and we're wanting them so bad. That's the difference when it comes to sex quote unquote, I'm putting those in air quotes, goals, sex desires versus goals that are in other realms. That's why it's really, really important for you to figure out what are the standards that you're holding yourself to? What are the things that you think about when you're thinking about what amazing, mind-blowing sex should look like? And can you get them out of your head? Because right now they're subconscious thoughts. They're things that we've just don't even 
think to pause and do inquiry around and really investigate because we just assume that's what sex is supposed to look like. That's what good sex is supposed to look like. So it's really important when you're saying this to yourself, like, what does good sex actually look like? What what do I think about when I'm like, oh, Danielle has really good sex. Hope you guys think that about me. When she's having really good sex, what do you think that looks like? When I'm talking about mind-blowing sex, what do you think that looks like? That's going to give you some insight into some of these subconscious sexual standards that you're harboring around with you. And when you get them out, you might be able then to see how you're comparing the sex that you're having to these sexual standards and begin just to release your grip on them. Begin to stop comparing yourself to these standards and stop, you know, putting pressure, even if you weren't aware that you were before, putting pressure on your body, on yourself, on your partnership to perform at this level. That's when you open yourself up to experiencing so much sexual pleasure because pleasure is the goal. Pleasure really is, at the end of the day, what we're all desiring more of. And more pleasure means more orgasmics, more orgasmic, (laughs) more orgasmic life. It means becoming a turned on woman, but it's not because you're holding yourself to these high sexual standards. So I really hope that this helps you all find more pleasure in your body, find where you're holding yourself back, find those obstacles that you're actually blocking yourself from experiencing delicious, amazing sex. As always, it's been my absolute pleasure to be with you here today, and I hope this helps you bring more pleasure into your sex life, into your body, into your partnership. And if you haven't already, if you're enjoying this podcast and what I'm putting out here, please, please take a couple of minutes. It only takes about 120 seconds. Pop into Apple iTunes, leave a review. The more reviews that are out there, the more ability my podcast podcast has of reaching more women just like you, more women that are looking for answers of why they're not having the kind of sex that they're wanting. They can learn that pleasure is possible for them, that that pleasure is possible through the power of their mind. And I want more and more women to learn this. We all win the more that we start to break down these standards, to break down the narrative that we've been fed for our aunties, for our moms, for our friends, for our daughters, we can begin to share that narrative. So please, please, please just take a couple of minutes, pop in there, write what you like about it, write how it could help somebody else out there that's thinking about listening to the podcast. I appreciate it so much and I appreciate you for tuning in every single week. Have a great one and I'll chat with you next week. Bye.